0: All right. Woo. Hello. I was being told this week what a loud voice I have. Um, Obviously, I have a very loud voice. Have I got a lot of fallback? I think maybe I have. But thank you. Thank you, Dai. Thank you, everyone, for being here. For all those that are watching online, we're so glad you joined us. Or if you watch this later on YouTube, we're so glad that we can connect with you in this moment. Um, I just want to take uh, a moment to concur with Pastor Di, what Pastor Di said about giving our first to God. And if you haven't yet got a copy of our Worry-Free Finances book, we want to encourage you to get a hold of a copy. You can get one at the Connect Zone as a gift from us. It's written by my great friend John Siebling. And it's a great book on how we can live worry-free when it comes to our finances. Anyone worried about finance? Not one hand went up. I know you all do. We all do. And um, it's the number one thing that uh, most people, or one of the the top things that people worry about. I just finished a series on it. If you want to listen to the uh, messages, they're on podcast. You can do that as well. And there's something powerful about that principle because this card, for example, give God 90 days, you, you may be thinking, well, you know, maybe you haven't taken that step to tithe. One thing I've learned, and it's a scary thought because 44 years ago, I gave my life to Christ and I was, yes, I won't tell you how old I was because that'll give away how old I am now. But I made a decision to start to tithe. And it's a spiritual principle when you give God the first tenth, the 90% you're left with always goes further. Why? Because it's blessed. And I'd rather live with what is blessed and what I hold to myself. So it's the only place in the Bible where God says, put me to the test and see if I won't do what I promised to do. So let me pray for you before we open, get into the word this morning. Father, I thank you today for each and every person here. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives, for all those that are watching online, for all those that will watch in the days to come. I pray, Lord, that as our hearts are open, you, Holy Spirit, would speak to us exactly what we need to hear for this moment. And Lord, in between the words that I share and all that I share, may you, may you speak into each one of our hearts in a profound and meaningful way. We thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, you may be seated. Um, Di's already said, but it's so good to have our niece, uh, Lily, here all the way from England. I would turn to her and I said, I remember your parents' wedding, and uh, I was the best man. I remember, actually, you, you... Jeremy may never have told you this, but you know how they put a pin through your flower on your, and I was the best man, and I gave him a hug at the wedding, and the, I pierced him with the pin and drew blood, so he had blood on his shirt the day that he got married, so I don't know if he remembers that, but, but I do, I was, I was shocked that I had done that, but uh, anyway, here we are, and uh, our son is getting married, and she's come for the wedding, and Bella. You two should have been twins. You virtually are twins, the two of them. Even dressed alike, look at you. Um, so we're very, very happy. It's a, it's a happy time. Well, with that in mind, I'm starting a new series. Not just because we have a wedding coming up this week, but because we're leading up to Easter. And believe it or not, we're, less, we're in one month away from Easter. And so this series is called... The Invitation, and it's a, it's a series, three-part series, leading up to the journey of Easter. Um, the uh, next message will be um, on Palm Sunday. I'll be starting, of course, an Easter series then. But this is called The Invitation, this series, and the title of this message, the first one is, You're Invited. Turn to your neighbor and say, You're Invited. So, one of the most celebrated weddings in recent times was the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Um, Prince Harry, of course, is the grandson of Queen Elizabeth II, sixth in line to the throne. And uh, he married Meghan Markle on The 19th of May, 2018, just four years ago in St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle. Um, And, of course, many people's hope at the time was, uh, and continues to be, that it would forge a bond, a stronger bond between uh, the two nations, the United Kingdom and the United States. But leading up to the wedding, the big question was, Who was going to receive an invitation? Every day I went to the mailbox and I was looking for my invitation. And I was thoroughly disappointed that the invitation never came. Um, But everyone was wondering, who's going to be invited? Who's going to miss out? And the reality is that many people who thought they would or should have been invited, weren't invited. And many people who didn't expect to be invited received a surprise invitation. And there was a process that they went through in order to come up with the wedding list. How many of you know it's a nightmare trying to prepare a wedding list? Who do we invite? If we invite this person, we have to invite that person. And then we have to invite that person. I don't have birthday parties anymore. I tell don't have any birthday parties because I would just say to her, invite the whole church because I don't want people to feel left out. Um, but they invited, of course, family and friends and those that, they, that needed to be invited. And they invited individuals that they wanted to reward for their contributions to society. It was based on their merit, what they, had, what they deserved. They earned a place at the wedding. And then, of course, there were the celebrities. And I don't want to start to go into all the celebrities that were there. And, and on top of that, there were 2,640 members of the public who were invited, received r- surprise invitations. And uh, each of them received a, 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 a commemorative bag. I read this and I thought it was, it was kind, of, kind of amusing. That bag had a, the initials of the couple, the date and the venue and location on the exterior. Inside was an order of service, a chocolate coin and a bottle of water, uh, a fridge magnet, and a 20% voucher for the Windsor Castle gift shop. <laughs> I, I thought, 20%, only 20%? <laughs> anyway, that's what they received. And the invitations went out. The invitations went out to everybody... And of course, in order for people to arrive, if you watch the wedding, everyone had to show their invitation. No invitation, no access. And uh, on top of that, about 2.9 million people, of which I was one, I don't know whether you were, watched the ceremony across all networks around the world. So, every one of us has experienced what it's like to be invited and not invited. Anyone ever had an event and you thought you might have been invited and you weren't invited? Well, I have. I've had many experiences like that. Um, We all know how that feels. We all know what it feels like to be left out. We all know what it feels like uh, to put together a guest list and be concerned about leaving people out. Um, and when it comes to invitations, all of us have experienced FOMO. FOMO, of course, stands for, is the acronym for fear of missing out. Sometimes I experience JOMO. <laughs> JOMO is the joy of missing out. They're the invitations you don't want to receive. <laughs> they're the invitations you don't want to have come up with. Well, what's my excuse for not being there? So JOMO is a very real thing as well as FOMO. And in actual fact, we live in a world where there's an an epidemic of FOMO. I asked our kids some years ago when the word FOMO was first uh, kind of was formed and and I, I asked them, do you do you experience FOMO? And they, I think every one of them just laughed. Of course, we, we all experience FOMO. And, and social media is one of the greatest feeders of FOMO. Um, I read a quote says, social media sets FOMO on fire. Because in, in, in social, when we look at social media, we're all aware of the fact that it looks like everyone else is doing better, everyone else is happier, everyone else is traveling more, and, and so on and so forth. We all know about the impact of social media. And uh, in, in research on FOMO, 70% of adult millennials claim that they relate to feelings of FOMO. And so the fear of missing out on an invitation, of not being invited, of not being included, of being left out and not receiving an invitation to whatever it may be, is very real. Um, And many people, when it comes to the Bible, think about the Bible as a set of rules and regulations, a set of do's and don'ts. But actually, the the Bible is a book of invitations. It's a book of invitations from God. It's a book of invitations to to have a relationship with Him. It's a book of an invitation to engage with Him. It's a book of invitation to do life with Him. It's a book of invitation to talk to Him, to experience His love, to follow Him, to sit with Him, to eat with Him. It's an invitation to... Uh, experience the life or quality of life that he can bring to us when we respond to that invitation. And ultimately, it's an invitation to a wedding. It's an invitation to a marriage supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb that is written about in the very last book and the last pages of the Bible where when at the end of time, we will all sit down together with him all those who know him all the people that have gone before us that are in heaven now or out in eternity now we're going to sit down with them and we're going to celebrate together the goodness of god in response to his invitation this bible if you like could be called the invitation and that's what i want to talk about in these coming weeks is to talk about the power of that invitation and today's title is You're invited. Jesus told two parables about invitation. One of them was called the the invitation to a banquet. The other was an invitation to a wedding banquet. But we read in Luke 14, and, and these are both about a wedding banquet. We read in Luke 14 these words, A man prepared a great feast. Sounds good to me. Great feast. And sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. And another said, I've, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married. So I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come. Listen to this. So that my house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. The, The parables that Jesus told about the invitation to the wedding feast and to the banquet have within them the essence of the invitation that God extends to you and to me. There's an invitation And there's an RSVP. By the way, I never RSVP'd to Beau's wedding. And I don't even remember getting an invitation. But I'm going anyway because I'm invited. In the invitation, the guests are invited. Um, And when the guests do not respond, here's the, the amazing thing. The host sends out another invitation. And in this second invitation, he makes it very clear that everyone is invited. Every single person is invited to know Jesus, to sit down at the table with him, to know the abundance of the life that he can bring to each and every one of us. And every one of us is included because here's the key, God reveals himself through Jesus as being inclusive. God includes everyone. Remember that Jesus was living in a time of extreme exclusivity. The Jewish people believed that they were the chosen people and the rest of us were forgotten by God left out of his promises, were not didn't have access to all the promises that they enjoyed. And when Jesus shared this parable, uh, we read it, oh, it's, a, it's an interesting parable, but when the readers of the New Testament read this, they were shocked. Or not the readers of the New Testament, the, the people to whom Jesus told the story, they were shocked because what Jesus was doing was included including people who previously... Would have been excluded. And these, this marked a significant shift in, Jesus's te- in in the teaching of God's word and the gospel. And, and the gospel is the good news that we are all invited and we are all included. The leading edge of Jesus' ministry is the invitation. Everything happens in the Bible. Everything happens in our lives, in our relationship with Jesus, because of the invitation. An invitation went out to you this morning, as you got out of bed this morning. An invitation is going out to each one of us right now. And everything God does is about an invitation. In the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, God says, Ho! Turn to your neighbor and say, Ho. Ho! Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk. And it goes on to say, with you, that, that will cost you nothing. Um, so he invites us if we're thirsty, if we're hungry. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't force it upon us. He invites us. If you're weary, if you're needing rest, I'm inviting you to come. In the message version, it says, Come away with me, like a, like a getaway with Jesus. If anyone thirsts, John 7, let him come to me and drink. Jesus said, if anyone is hungry, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus said, if anyone anyone is sick, that we can come to him so that he can heal us. He told his disciples, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, uh, in the book of Revelation, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And Revelation 22, at the very end, the very last chapter of the Bible, the spirit and the bride say, come. There's an invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty Come, let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. So, everything about God is about an invitation. We're all receiving an invitation. And unlike the royal wedding, it's not based on status. It's not based on who you know. It's not based on your birth, what you have done, but it's based on who the one who invites us is, and who the one who invites us has done. And wherever we're at, Jesus says, come as you are. Did you notice in that, in that Bible, the invitation that Jesus made, that, that the master makes? He, come if you're, if you're, if you're uh, come, the blind, the lame. All of those people, come as you are. I've been invited to an event in, in the UK in June, and I'm kind of nervous about, well, well what am I going to wear? I'm like, I'm like the Grinch, you know, who's been invited. But what will I wear? And I'm already thinking, well, what will I wear? And, 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 and it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking, you know. What, what will I wear? I want to be... But the, the point is, Jesus says, come, if you're lame, Come with all your weaknesses, come all, with all your faults, come all, with all your failings, come with all, the, with all, with, with all of your, your foibles, and come as you are. And he invites us to come as we are, and w- maybe it's the promises of God, and you say, but God, I'm, I'm believing you for the promise, I'm, I'm praying, and he invites us. He says, okay, I know you're believing for the promises, but I'm inviting you to remind me of the promises that you're believing me for. So God's inviting us. This year, our word is engage. Coming out of a season, the biggest season of disengagement I can remember in my whole lifetime, God is speaking to us in our church. The word that is resonating with us is engage, re-engage. We're, in, we're invited to re-engage. And here's the interesting thing. Last week we had um, Mundo Meneses and Johnny Hill with us from the Life Church in Memphis. We had a great weekend together. And, and Johnny shared something uh, in, the, in a couple of moments that he had sharing with some of our team. He said, we all need to say yes again. And I, that resonated with me. It made me think we all need to say yes again. Maybe you said yes. I said yes to Jesus 44 years ago. I said yes to Jesus. But I I need to say yes to Jesus today, March the 20th, 2022. Every day I need to say yes. Uh, Next week, I'm working right now. I'm hand crafting the statement of marriage for Bo and Kylie, and I'm, I'm shaping it and thinking of the words and thinking of the phrases. It's a statement of marriage. Marriage is a gift from God. Bo keeps saying marriage. Yeah. Marriage is a gift from God. I'm not going to say it that way, but <laughs> marriage is a gift from God. And it's actually, as I share that, that statement of marriage, it's not just for them. But it's for every other married couple that's going to be sitting in that, in, in that group and as a reminder of what marriage is, of the, of the power of marriage and the fact that in a marriage we have to say yes again. We have to say I do every day in sickness and in health for better or for worse, we are saying yes despite our... Our failings, despite what we're saying, yes, again. And it's exactly the same. It's we need to say uh, yes again to Jesus. Yes to the fundamentals of our faith. Yes to the gathering of the saints, whether it's online or in person. Yes to the fundamentals of and foundations. Of of our faith that despite all of the disruption that has taken place, we are engaging, we are re-engaging, we are reconnecting in all of the, in all of those ways. And I, as as Johnny shared that, it made me think, it made me pause, it made me reflect. There's a word in the in the Psalms which is silah, Selah, S E L A H. What does that mean? It means sit there like a cow and chew the cud. Chew on that thought. Then chew on it again. I won't go through the, you know, what happens when a cow chews the cud. We all know. Chew it. Chew it again. So we are chewing on that. Say yes. We all need to say yes again. We all need to respond. And here's the interesting thing. An invitation demands a response. Thank you for that underwhelming response. Every invitation demands a response. Do you know what RSVP stands for? Répondez s'il vous plaît in French, which means reply, please. To have access... We need to have RSVP'd. No one was going to be able to go to Harry and Meghan's uh, wedding without RSVPing. The invitation to sit at the to sit at the table. God will never force anything on us. He will maybe allow situations to happen in our lives that will make us willing to respond, but he will never force us to respond. He is waiting for our response. God will never bypass our will, and our response is a response of our will to the invitation that he gives to every one of us. And it's interesting that as we look at this passage of Scripture, there are several excuses that are made for not being at the wedding. They all begin, the story goes, they all begin to make excuses. Um, Every single person here has made an excuse for why we can't be somewhere that we're invited. Uh, Some of them are better than others. These ones are pretty poor excuses. Because everyone in the culture of the day knew, the first one said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. No one in the Jewish culture of the day bought a field without seeing it. Have you ever bought a house without seeing it? No, you go and see it first. Um, I bought a house and I must see it. That's not I bought a house and I must make some, I I must do a, a refurbish or a renovation on it. No, I bought a house and I must go and see it. It was an excuse, but it was a poor excuse. The next person says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. No, anyone at that day that bought a yoke of oxen would try them out first before they went to buy them. And then the other one said, I just got married, so I can't come. So the excuse was they got married. Well, that was a poor excuse as well. And everyone who heard the story knew that the invite or the excuses were uh, were poor excuses and so when the invitation is refused and it's not uh, replied to or received and responded to the master reissues an invitation and he, he extends it further to those who were shut out and and when it comes to uh, our response when it comes to Uh, To every one of us, God is looking for a response from us. And I guess this morning, every one of us knows what it is that God is asking us to do. There's an invitation that God is extending to us. The first of these is this year, we framed the year with the word engage. I want you to think about that for a moment. I'm pretty sure that most people who are here have been part of our church and now Believe it or not, we're into the third month of the year, um, almost into the second second quarter of the year, and uh, we've been talking about how we can engage. Well, first of all, God is inviting us to engage with him in our relationship and walk with him. Well, I could say, well, Lord, I've been walking with you for 44 years, I've been through a lot of tough times, I've been through hardship, I, I'm, I'm walking, no, God's inviting me. He's saying, okay, you're going to take the next step. Are you going to engage in a deeper relationship with me? Are you going to engage? And I'm, I'm aware of that, that there's so much more. You know, one of the things that I, I, I'm excited about when it comes to heaven is that a lot of people think that when we get to heaven, everything's going to be explained. We're gonna know everything, why everything happened, and no. I think when we get to heaven, we're just gonna we're only we're gonna just begin the journey of discovery. Yeah. We're gonna spend eternity discovering the immensity, the height, the depth, the breadth, the wonder, the glory, the majesty, the 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 creativity of God that that we're gonna spend an eternity discovering. And, and there is so much more. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard those things that God has prepared for those who love him. I do believe that there will be a knowing in heaven that is beyond any knowing that we can have here on earth. There will be an explanation. We'll, we'll have, all of us have our aha moments. Aha. That's why that happened. Aha. That's why God didn't answer that prayer. Aha, that's why that took place, that thing that was so hurtful and painful. That's why that took place, because you had something else in store. And so for all of us, there will be those moments. Very often we we experience those in life. Anyone ever know that things haven't turned out the way we expected to? And when we go down the track and we look back, we go, oh, I see now. Why God allowed that to happen. I see now why God didn't answer that prayer. I see now why that didn't eventuate. But God is inviting us to know more of him. To hear his voice. To sit down and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. To go deeper. To engage. So the invitation today for every one of us is to engage in a deeper Relationship with Him. And then, of course, the other aspect of it is is community. The the community of the church. Out there we have the Apostles' Creed. I love the Apostles' Creed. It's been quoted for over a thousand years, 1,500 years in the church. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son. Our Lord, who was born born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead, where he is seated at the right hand of the Father, from whence he will judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the life everlasting, now and evermore. The last line, I just slipped my memory. But that is embedded in my memory, and I believe, I believe in those things, and I want to engage the communion of saints. I heard something this morning, and I thought it was very powerful, where someone said, when we're hurt, and when we're hurting, we heal better in community than we do on our own. That is the power of community. It provides us a place where we can heal. It provides us a place where in our pain there are those around about us that can encourage us. And so the engagement, how engaged am I in our community? How engaged am I in the community of saints? And of course for our church, it's not just the people that are here. It's those that are watching online. It's those who are traveling. It's those who are away. It's those who couldn't make it this morning. And so the community goes way beyond who is here but we are a part of a local community of faith where we can encourage one another we can stand alongside one another we can be there for each other so i'm going to engage with you more i want to make myself m- available to engage with those that are a part of our community and we're encouraging one another to do that take the next step so many people are serving i love shane there on the sound, uh, I take my hat off to you. I don't have one on, but I take my hat off to Shane. Shane jumped in. Um, and also Jeremy as well, who's hiding behind the, the sound booth. His head's popping up there. Who, who, who jumped in on the sound because there was a need for sound. And I've got to tell you, that's one of the scariest places to be in the church. Because when something go- goes wrong with the sound... So it stands out. And the only time you are highlighted when you're doing the sound is when things aren't working <laughs> properly. Yeah. So I take my hat off. There's people who who are engaging. They're taking the next step. I have to take the step to to uh making coffee. Uh I, I'm gonna get behind the counter there. One of these days, I'm gonna get. You know, just fine-tune. I've got it dialed in at home. I gotta tell you the best coffee and I've had coffee, I've had coffee this week in what I consider to be the best coffee shop in Orange County, and I went home and I made a better coffee at home on my machine, a flat white than I had there. But I'm gonna get behind the counter. My latte art needs a whole lot of improving. So I'm gonna engage in improving my latte art. So that I can not only give you a good tasting coffee, but I can give you a a very attractive coffee as well. But we can all engage. We can take that next step. The invitation is, are you going to engage? How are we going to engage? Are we going to take a step of faith and do something that we feel uncomfortable doing? And then lastly, how are we going to engage when it comes to the invitation that we extend? And I want to conclude here. You know that Jesus not only encourages us to engage in, in, with him, to respond to the invitation he gives us. He asks us to go out. And remember in this story, the master says to his servants, who are the servants? I'm the servant. He says to the servants, go out into the highways and byways and invite everyone you meet. And so what we are what God is wanting to engage us in is in the invitation let me ask you a question and I'm asking myself this question when was the last time you talked or when was the last time I talked to someone who is not a Christian about my faith not just what I for me not just what I do I'm a pastor and people oh people go oh that's wonderful Um, most people say that Um, but But know about my faith and tell them about my how I came to know Jesus. How knowing Jesus has transformed my life. When was the last time that I did that? When was the last time that you did that? When was the last time that I invited someone to come to church? When was the last time that you invited someone to come to church? And so in these next few weeks leading up to Easter... We, I'm encouraging our church and I'm asking all of us to engage in extending the information. We've received the information. Now is our opportunity to extend the information. And on every seat, there's one of these cards. And I have them here, on, I had them here, and I have them in my pocket here is one of these cards. And the purpose of this card is to invite people that you meet to church on Easter Sunday. And I'm going to talk about the significance of Easter Sunday as I conclude. But on this card, it has the words resurgam. And the, in the middle is a V. Most of you are thinking that's a misprint. Someone put a typo in there. It's not a typo. It's written in Latin. Anyone study Latin at school? I did. Latin is a language as dead as dead can be. It killed the ancient Romans, and now it's killing me. (laughs) Um, And but that word, the V, is a Latin U, resurgam. And what that word means, if you flip the card, uh, someone was saying, "What does it mean? What does it mean?" Just flip the card. If you flip the card on the back of it, it says, "I will rise again." Jesus said, "I will rise again." And when it comes to his resurrection power, wherever we're at, however low we are, however hard our situation is, that's the promise. When Jesus said, I will rise again, it meant that you and I will rise again. We will rise again out of this season. We will rise again into all that God has for us. And we want to really encourage you to take that card and to give it to someone and invite them to come to church. Giancarlo's already told me, he said, I have 10 people coming to church on Easter Sunday. And so I challenge you. I challenge you. I dare you. I double dare you. Let's beat Giancarlo's. Michael and I were playing tennis with Giancarlo's with and Bo, our son in Italy, and we beat them. And I discovered something about Carlos. He's highly competitive. And he sat down at the end of the game and he put his head in his hands and he said, I can't believe it. I can't believe that you beat us. I can't believe that you old ancient people, Michael and Jonathan, actually beat us on a grass tennis court. Well, we walloped them. And I discovered that he is very competitive. So, come on, let's beat Carlos. Let's see if there's someone who can... Invite more than 10 people to church on Easter Sunday. Let's do our best. A good bit of healthy competition. I've told this story, but I want to conclude with this story. When I was a young man, I still am young, but when I was younger than I am now, 44 years ago, I had some friends, and I can't go into the the whole story but it was an interesting story. I had some friends who lived in a flat in Bondi in, in, in Australia, and it was in Gould Street. I'll never forget it. And what happened is, there was a change, one of the people who lived in the flat got saved. And then a few, uh, and then what happened is the old guard, the people who, who used to live there, moved out, and, and some of his friends, new friends who he got saved with, moved into the flat. And so when I visited Gould Street, it wasn't what it used to be. The apartment there was now filled with Christians. And they invited me. I visited, and they invited me to come to church with them on Easter Sunday. And I was very reluctant to go. I did not want to go. I thought, Christianity is okay, but it's not for me. But I went to church with them. They took me to church. And when they took me to church, I had an encounter with God. And I didn't respond straight away because that, I'm not made up that way. I'm not an emotive responder. I'm, I will think through when I make a decision. I'm going to think it through. And, but it, it set me on a course of, uh, of asking and inquiring. I was seeking. I traveled around the world for three years seeking The meaning of life. And when I was invited, something happened on the inside of me and I started asking questions. And those questions led me to the point where several months later, two or three months later, I had a literal vision of Jesus that transformed my life and I was never the same again. I was born again. I became a follower of Jesus and I followed him ever since that day, 44 years ago. But it all began with an invitation. When a survey was done recently about how, why people came to church, we often think people come to church because of a need. The percentage, I think, was around one to two percent. 8,000 people were interviewed. Uh, one to two percent came because they had a need, a felt need, which is, which is great. But when it came to the vast majority, 75% of people said they came to church, not because someone invited them to church, but because someone brought them to church. 75%. And what that says to us is there are people out there who are waiting for us to bring them to church. Now, maybe that doesn't mean driving there and picking them up. But maybe it means meeting them for a cup of coffee or saying hey we're going out to lunch afterwards whatever it may be but the reality is that invitation changed the course of my life and my eternal destiny and i know that there are people out there that are waiting for my invitation people who are waiting for your invitation and it doesn't have to be to this church it could be to any church but if you're a part of our church We're believing that this Easter is going to be like D-Day. It's going to be the day when we can make a significant step forward as a church so that we can begin to see the re-engagement of so many that have become disengaged over the last two years. I mean, we can kind of avoid... The reality is that that has been very prevalent, not just here but all around the world, in church particularly. The enemy does not like what's happening in your life. The enemy does not like what's happening in our church. The enemy doesn't like the fact that there are people who are waiting to have an encounter with Jesus and that you are the vehicle through which that will happen. Our worship team are up here now, and I want to conclude this message with that thought. And with the thought that there is somebody that's waiting for you to talk to them, to invite them. And we have that card, and that card is a great vehicle. And the first thing they're going to ask you is, what does that word mean? And is that a misprint on the front? And you're going to be able to answer that. And the very reason that we put that on the front, and that's because that's the theme for Easter, is because it will engage people in asking a question. And Jesus always engaged people with a question. So the invitation goes out to us today, and the invitation goes to us to go out and invite others so that they can experience what we.